Hoopball Podcast listeners. Are you a fantasy expert and want to write or podcast for Hoopball? Do you have aspirations of covering a team? Are you a master of sales and want to earn some cash on the phones? Well, we've got good news. Hoopball's recruiting. If you think you have what it takes, hit us up at Hoopball Fantasy on Twitter or by emailing teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. Again, that's at Hoopball Fantasy on Twitter or emailing teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. The following is a Hoopball presentation. Welcome back to another episode, another edition of Today in Sports Betting. I am your host, Devin Ellington, or at B-A-L-E-W-7 on Twitter. This is a hoop-ball.com presentation. Speaking of hoopball, you know, also at hoopball tweets, hoopball fantasy on Twitter. There's some exciting stuff that's about to happen with uh, hootball. Uh, I believe it is Monday is whenever it's going to happen. We are rolling out some really, 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 really nifty stuff. I'm not going to tell you exactly what because that would spoil the surprise, but there are going to be some really, really exclusive deals as far as content, um, stuff for fantasy basketball, overall basketball analysis, draft coverage, DFS. Sorry, I got excited. I said I wasn't going to spoil it. Damn. All right. Anyways, uh, today's sponsor is Manscaped, manscaped.com. Hoopball20 is your promo code. Go use that on the lawnmower 3.0 that just came out, or you can use it with all the other accessories like beard bombs, oils, hair stuff, scalp treatment, men's underwear, all the good stuff, carrying cases, uh, Hoopball20, H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L-2-0. Manscaped. All right. Got a really good friend on today. He hasn't been on in a while. It's just been a crazy year for everybody. But he is going to bring a new dynamic to the show. We are going to do a football, football Friday. And it's going to be very spectacular. And then we're going to start with some NBA because there's also some really good stuff to talk about on that front. And then college basketball starting in 19 days. So, Troy Markowski is going to be helping me out today. Troy is a real good friend of the Hoopball family. And um, at Troy Markowski um, on Twitter, or what was it again, Troy? At, at, Dwayne, at the, Dwayne underscore the Rock J. That's it, yeah. I knew at that. Troy Markowski on Action Network. Yeah, I, uh, I uh, you know, what was it? I, I remembered your name, but Twitter handles just escape me sometimes. <laughs> so... Um, like I said, we'll lead off with a little bit of basketball news. And uh, so we have a start date for the NBA. That's correct, Troy, right? 22nd, December 22nd. Mm-hmm. Uh, early Christmas gift. That's just, I love that. Um, college basketball, like I said, 19 days away. And the more awesome polarizing storylines of the early parts of the season is that the Maui Invitational was in fact moved to North Carolina. So are they still calling it the Maui Invitational? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Ma- Maui Carolina. Uh, 
something something anyways it'll be pretty cool um and a fun tournament the field is pretty loaded you got a national player of the year candidate and luca garza coming back for iowa he was maybe going to go to the draft he can break some all-time college records this year you got exciting gonzaga and dayton who have unfinished business from their little cinderella runs they could have had last year um and then the mac there's some teams in the MAC I'm looking forward to, which is your territory, Mark. Uh, I really like Akron in the MAC, and then uh, Buffalo's got a pretty good recruiting class coming in. Um, what are your general thoughts on the NBA sector? So a lot's been going on with the NBA. I I think a lot of people are already trying to count out Philadelphia, even though they picked up Doc Rivers and Daryl Morey. And I've seen people say, like, you got to shop either one of Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid, and I don't think that's the case. I think those two really can work together. I mean, Ben Simmons reminds me of, like, a, a LeBron that can't shoot. He's not nearly as athletic, but if you put him at the point guard, he can take anyone to the hole, and he's going to be able to dish it to anyone. His passing's incredible. So, I mean, if you remember, like, young LeBron, like, 03, 04, people's gripes was he couldn't shoot. He wasn't a good jump shooter. Right. No mid-range. Yeah. Ben Simmons just doesn't shoot mid-range. So, I mean, once he actually starts doing it and shooting more, I could see that team really putting in a deep run. The East is stacked, though. There's a, yeah. there's a lot they got to go through the East. The Heat are going to be coming back strong as ever. Celtics as well looking to – actually make it to a finals with that young core they have. Yeah, yeah. Um, another team or two I like in the East, and um, this is a little plug for my favorite hoopball show right now. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm probably not supposed to say that because it's like your children, you know. <laughs> but, They're all um, our favorite. Yeah, uh, just sometimes um, one is more favorite than the other <laughs> at time and time. I'm a parent, you know, I can say that. I've got multiple children, so I have the right. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, I really like Atlanta. And, um, you know, at Hootball Hawks has some really, really phenomenal uh, off-season news. They're in an interesting position in the draft. And they have a really exciting young core, obviously, with Trey Young, John Collins. And then they got some pieces late in the uh, season last year, before, like right around the trade deadline. And then they got centers out there that they could also target for some big man depth. Christian Wood's a free agent. So um, there's some really exciting stuff on the Eastern front. Uh, Toronto, you can never count them out. And then Absolutely. Orlando getting uh, Oscar or uh, Jonathan Isaac back. I was thinking of the uh, <laughs> Oscar Isaac to Star Wars actor. Um, <laughs> but no, I was, you know, it's just, you know, losing Isaac was huge. Um, the guy was unbelievable on the defensive front. Absolutely. I think at times he anchored that team for, uh, I can't remember their head coach, uh, but he's a really defensive-minded, um, full-nose um, coach. What about the West? What are, uh, do you think there's, I mean, is the Lakers, is that it? Or are we going to look at other teams and how they – like maybe a Dallas or Golden State returning to prominence. I mean, what do you what do you see there? I still, I mean, the Lakers are champions, so I'm still picking them. If I to repeat personally, however, the Clippers are going to be coming back with a vengeance. They were the laughing stock. They're still the laughing stock of the NBA. They blew a three one lead, so that's just hilarious. But they're going to be coming back angry, and you can tell they're going to try to maybe be humble this time around and actually just play the game as opposed to crowning themselves golden state's interesting to me 
because they have Andrew Wiggins now, and people have been saying use that as a like a you know some trade value right there just to shop around and get someone else on the team. But I think he could be a good second unit guy for them. You think about like obviously he'll probably start, but think about those times where Curry or Clay. Draymond need a rest. They're obviously in their 30s. They're going to be needing rest more. And Andrew Wiggins, he's obviously not lived up to his potential, but he's still a great scorer. And he can he can get you points if you need some points. Well, and the thing about Wiggins, and I'm glad you brought him up, he is a great fit for that team and for that system. And they're going to get a lot more out of him. A yes. coach like Steve Kerr and the guys on the staff, like Mike Brown, I think Mike Brown's still there, right? Or did he move on somewhere else? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm going to look that up. I'm going to look that up. up. All right. So other than that, though, they still have some other guys on the staff. I can't recall exactly who, but I know, like, you know, they're a good franchise, and they got some exciting uh, stuff coming up, getting Clay back, finally moving on from the Kevin Durant thing, you know, put another year between that separation. Yes, yes. Yeah, Mike Brown's still on the Warriors. He's still there. So, you know. So, I mean, there's a good familiar core of the franchise that's still there from their championship days. Don't be surprised if they win 50 games this season, if they stay healthy. I mean, that's – Oh, easily, easily. they are in a phenomenal spot to uh, either work their way into the draft the way they want to or sell their pieces. And then, you know, they got money to spend too. They got money to spend and go get two pretty mid-level, high mid-level guys. Um, What would be crazy if they traded for Bradley Beal. With all those draft picks. That would be that would be something. But I, I just I don't know. I don't see them just because Steph's your point guard, you know. Yeah. I, I don't see Bradley Beal going to the Warriors, but they would be absolutely loaded in the backcourt if he did indeed go there. Right, right. I'm I'm interested to see how Clay responds from the ACL injury. Yeah. And I think for him and how he plays, he can just spot up shoot, just catch and shoot. Doesn't even need to dribble that much and he can still get fifty. He'll just drop thirteen threes from standing still. So I don't necessarily like you look for players to come back and be like a hundred percent or be themselves. And I think clay is just in a unique position to where he, he doesn't need to be necessarily explosive because he's so great at catch and shooting. Yeah. And that's the thing. Um, <clears throat> like compare it to Kevin Durant, you know, he's going to come back and kind of the same thing that Achilles sure. But I mean, he's got such a long wingspan and his shot is so uh, big um, you know, he, he can just maybe come off the dribble once or put, you know, maybe a move to laterally and then just pull up, you know, he, he's not going to have to do a ton and then make, tra- don't, don't forget about transition threes, just kind of jogging down in rhythm <clears throat> pull, you know? So, I mean, that's a great point and mention on your part. Um, was there any other uh, NBA stuff or do you, I can't remember if you follow college basketball a ton, but I don't know if you want to throw a team out that you're maybe looking forward to or whatnot, but then we can go ahead and roll into some soccer. So college basketball, you brought up Dayton earlier, Dayton and Gonzaga's teams that have unfinished business. I, before COVID, I had Dayton in my final four. Yeah. They lost Obi Toppin though. He went to the draft and he easily was their best player. That being said, they still have a, a lot of other great players and I, I like Dayton. I'm from the area obviously. So I'm right. biased, but I mean, I could still see them coming back and, you know, winning their conference. I uh, am not shocked to hear you say that. I um, 100% agree with you. And, yeah, um, speaking of some of those great players for Gonzaga, you know, they got um, a really interesting forward in uh, Drew Timmey. 
and then a, a forward pairing with him, and then also Corey Kispert, which Corey Kispert's going to be on. He is on the Naismith watch list, and he could be a finalist. So, obviously, Mark Few is a great coach. They got uh, Umar Balo coming back at center. So, really interesting kid, real long size, seven footer, and um, you know he he's going to be out there probably getting a couple, two, three blocks a game, especially in conference play when they really separate themselves. They always have these awesome international players that come in, um, and it's really, really cool to see it integrated into college basketball, and it's all because of Mark Few. So um, West Coast Conference, since we're talking about Gonzaga, St. Mary's out there. I really like them. And then another conference, I like the uh, Mid-Atlantic Athletic Conference. I have to say that slow. The MAAC, and that's, you know, Iona, uh, Manhattan. You got um, – a couple other mid-level schools, uh, Siena, Siena's out there. But Rick Pitino, um, he's coming back to college basketball, and he's going to be coaching uh, Iona this year. So that's a cool little story diddly to look out Absolutely, for. Absolutely, yeah. See what he can do out there with a small school. Right. I think he's going to have some great success. I, I would not be shocked. I Actually, I want to kind of look and see what some future tickets are for Iona to win that conference. Um, that could be very, very uh, value-based uh, and profitable. Um, all right. So we ready to talk about some soccer? Absolutely. I'm always ready for the soccer. All right. So what league shall we start with? And, uh, what team should we talk about first? Cause like I said, this is a new element and I, I, I know a tidbit here and there and I, I have some familiarization as a general sports fan, but you know, we're going to have some off days here soon. So we need some soccer um, to fill it in. And I think this is a great time for all of us to learn more about the sport. So take it away, Troy. All right. So first I'm looking at the English premier league EPL. Um, you know, that's one of the top five leagues for Europe. I personally think it's the most competitive league in Europe. I mean, outside of champions league, which is every best team from Europe, from all the great leagues, but I'm looking right now, I'm looking at Arsenal. Arsenal is one of those, you know, uh, blue blood teams, if you will. You know, you got Manchester United, Liverpool, Tottenham. Arsenal is right up there as well. And right now they're sitting at ninth in the table. Four wins and three losses. I mean, we're early on in the season, but they're easily underperforming. And to add to that, they had a Europa League game yesterday against Molde. And they got blown out. And that's just – that should not happen. If you're a Premier League team – I mean, I'm not saying Molde is like some high school squad. But when you're one of the Blue Bloods of the Premier League, you're expected to handle competition that is not on your level. And they didn't do that. Oh, I'm sorry. Never mind. I'm looking at the wrong game. They did win. They won 4-1. I was thinking of a different uh, game. My apologies there. But anyway, back on Arsenal. They play Aston Villa – this uh, this weekend in the Premier League, Aston Villa is eighth in the table. Arsenal's ninth, so it's going to be a game that, you know, early on you need to get as many points as you can because it's only going to get harder and harder as we traverse the season further. So you look at the odds for that, and right now, the money line is Arsenal at minus one forty four, and uh, I I personally like that. I don't think Aston Villa necessarily. I mean, they're eighth right now, but again, it's early in the season, and Aston Villa is one of those teams I see finishing in like the uh, the 12 to 15 range. You know what I mean? They're oh, wow. they're a they're a bottom 10 team, 
Uh, yeah, Aston Villa is plus 351 right now on the money line. Arsenal minus 144. I'm liking Arsenal. They're half goal favorites, so I mean, it's it's expected to be close. Probably a 2-1, 2-0 kind of game, maybe even 1-0. But in that regard, I still see Arsenal coming out, handling business, you know, maintaining form so that they can get some points and jump up in the tables since we're early on. There's going to be so many teams going back and forth out of the top five just because we're so early on in the season. Only seven games played out of 37. Yeah. Um, would you say Arsenal is a better defensive squad than Ashton Villa? And did, did they have a slight edge on the striking side of things? Um, would that be – and then uh, for Arsenal, you know, who's one of their uh, – to put you on the spot, sorry, but, like, who's, who's a guy that really holds the team together? So for Arsenal – it's they're in this they're in this weird period because they had Arsene Wenger as their uh, manager for about twenty years. Oh, I heard about and, this. Yeah. yeah, and so it was about a year or two ago that he uh, I I think they separated from him. They got fourth or fifth, and they were just a perennial fourth place. And so for them now they have new coach Thierry Henry who used to be yeah he was a Man U striker right. Yes, and he was uh, he was France's all-time leading goal scorer. I'm not sure if he still is, but he's the coach now, and I think he's getting the team into more of a forward-moving mentality. Under Arsene Wenger, they were very conventional, very, uh, you know, just move the ball on your triangles and play possession, whereas with Thierry Henry, he's looking for breaks, looking for counters, mm-hmm. looking for let's get goals, let's right. get quick goals. And uh, when you have, you know, Mesut Ozil up there up front with you, it always helps. Is he a forward? Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Ozil, uh, yes, he is. He plays – pretty sure the exact position is he's midfielder, So, but he, he does tend to move forward a lot. He's midfielder for Germany, his national team, but when you see him with Arsenal, he's, he's more of a creator. He's – He's more, you know, moving the ball forward, trying to look for other people to get in and strike. And what – I'm sorry, but what was his name again? Uh, Mesut Ozil. Plays for the German national team. He's your forward – or, I'm, I'm sorry, awesome. midfielder, excuse me. Um, but, yeah, they have uh, Abamayang. He's been, he's been getting goals, two goals, one assist so far. So, I mean, they have Willian from Brazil. They have the players. They have talent. It's just a matter of – putting it together to get the results. And can I go ahead and ask about the two goalkeeps for these two squads? Uh, yeah, go ahead. Well, uh, just who are they? Um, and then do you, a general goalkeeping background for both these teams, you know, how do they usually perform in that department? So Bern Leno is uh, their main goalkeeper. He's got Arsenal, yeah. Yes, he's their main one. He's German, though, and Germany's goalkeeper has been um, – Manuel Neuer for I don't know, maybe a decade or so now, and he's easily the best goalkeeper in the world. So with Bernd Leno, he's not getting a lot of international playing time just because the goalie ahead of him happens to be the best goalie in the world. But that being said, he's already had two clean sheets this season, so he's he is capable and he is a good goalie. I think it's more of they don't have a goalkeeping problem. It's they're one of those teams where it's like they play down to their competition. Like you expect them to beat a team and then, you know, they're getting a draw against a bottom level team. And it's like, what are you doing? Like, how did that even happen? Right. Right. Um, you know, that's, uh, 
some really, really good information. And, you know, the reason I was asking the questions over is I'm actually literally writing those down as you speak because, uh, again, I like to put some stuff together and um, whatever information I get, I put it down. Uh, so moving on to another game, were, were we going to stay in this league or was there another – I think you said something about an MLS game that you were interested in. So I do have a couple MLS games, but while we're on Premier League – I'm biased Manchester United fan here. They're playing Everton, plus 135 on the Man U money line. Man U's currently 15th in the table, and that's just unacceptable. That's like, that's like if you were to see, you know, one of those perennial all-time, like Duke or Kentucky teams, like be unranked. You know what I mean? You'd be like, what are they doing? They're not. They're supposed to be ranked, be up there. Man U coming also off of a terrible 2-1 loss in Champions League to Istanbul. I see them coming out against Everton. Everton who's fourth in the table right now and who's been playing lights out in the Premier League. I don't necessarily think Everton will finish top four by the end of the season, but they're in great form right now. This is a game for Man U where you bounce back. This is one of those games where you return to how you've been playing before this little slide. I see, I can see them, I mean, again, once again, biased Man U fan here, but I see like a, a heavily contested 2-1, 3-2 type game, you know. It's either going to be lots of goals and a one-goal difference, or it's going to be just a defensive powerhouse, these teams showing, you know, their full potential. So for me, I like Man U uh, on the plus 135 right there. That's just me personally. <clears throat> but again, once again, I'm super biased, man, you fan. What can I say? Moving on, though, to the MLS. MLS has a lot of games. MLS, we're only a couple games left until – this is actually the last weekend of games in MLS before we get into the playoffs. So all these games are going to be critical. You need to finish well, finish out, and round out so you can be high up in the table, get a better seed for the playoffs, because that's the difference between home field advantage and not. All right, All right, so uh, EPL, we good? or um, Yeah, yeah. MLS is... Uh, I'm ready to talk MLS. Major right. League Soccer. So the, the, these games on Sunday, what's about to happen is what they're selling it as Super Sunday. And um, I want to say there's, what, 13 games on. So almost every team in Major League Soccer will be playing on Sunday. And this is, it's the last day of regular season, and then we're getting into the MLS playoffs. So these games coming up this weekend are huge, critical, especially when the table's so tight within either conference. I personally was looking at, the, excuse me, the Columbus crew who's facing off against Atlanta United. Now, it's going to be at Crew Stadium in Columbus, so familiar pitch for the crew. Right now, they're minus 116 odds, and Atlanta has really just been abysmal this season. Now, to be fair, they lost their best player, Jose Martinez, early on to a season-ending knee injury or leg injury. So I do give Atlanta some you know, leeway there. They've been awful, but they're missing their best player. Columbus just a week or two ago was number one in the East and then they dropped down to fourth. They're fourth right now. However, they are coming off of a two, one win over Philadelphia this past week. And that Philadelphia is number one in the East right now. 
So Columbus, Columbus is in good form. They were very dominant right there. And like this, you know, right after halfway part of the season, they were, have, they've been playing well. And now that we're at the end though, this, this matters. They're three points back from third place. So they need a win so that they can help themselves try to get some home field. So crew minus one sixteen over Atlanta United is one game I enjoy. And then you look at the Western conference, Seattle's third right now, but they're tied with sporting Kansas city and they're both behind Portland by two points. So really they're still in play for the one seed and they play San Jose earthquake, San Jose's eighth in the West uh, table. The money line for Seattle is minus 149. And once again, this is one of those things where I'm more or less looking at this is the last game of the season. Who wants it more? Who wants that first place more? Seattle. I mean, Portland was the uh, MLS's back tournament champions, but the actual last MLS season, Seattle was the champion. So they're looking to, you know, they're looking to repeat. And that's going to be hard to do if you don't get home field advantage or at least lock up like a one or two seat. So I'm looking for Seattle minus 149, come out against a lowly San Jose team, get a much needed dub before we cruise into these MLS playoffs. All right. Um, so you said Philly was number one in the East. Who's number two out in the Eastern Conference? That'd be Toronto FC. Uh, they both have 44 uh, points, but Philly has the advantage on uh, goal differential. They have a plus 22 to Toronto's plus eight goal differential. So wow. Philly has really, really, I think, surprised some people this season. Not saying that they were going to be bad by any means, but especially their last, excluding that 2-1 loss to Columbus this last week, uh, their last, like, five games, their form has been impeccable. I believe one of those was a win against Toronto. Don't don't quote me on that, but it, I think it was a win against Toronto. So, I mean, they're a great team. Toronto's another one of those teams that's just been lights out this MLS season. The East has been playing really well. And so, honestly, if you're looking at, like, who's coming out of the East, it, it's, it's going to be a bloodbath between Philadelphia, Toronto, the crew. You know, NYCFC is always a team you got to look out for. Orlando City, I think, has surprised a lot of people with yeah. how great they've been playing. They're third right now, so... Um, a lot of it depends on this last Super Sunday for MLS, but I think once we get a look at the matchups, you know, then it'll be easier to predict, like, okay, I can see this team making it out. But either way, it's it's going to be a fun Sunday for MLS. Game's on all day, and we're determining playoff seedings and structure with it. Yeah, I'm going to probably go ahead and get in on some of that. Um, that sounds really fun. Maybe put a little pizza parlay together with those two and um, let it roll. Um you know, I, uh, like I said, I have brief and very not deep uh, knowledge with international soccer and whatnot, but I am familiar with some leagues. Uh, you know, one being um, Syria. You know, I, I am pretty familiar with some of the teams over there. Um, you know, I can't speak in nauseam like you do about them, but. Um, you know, is there one team in that league that's participating in, I think, Champions League's going on right now, right? Or how is that working? Yeah, so the way Champions League works is the top four teams from, like, uh, the English Premier League, from uh, Bundesliga, which is German League, Serie A is Italian League, and League A1 is French League. 
believe the top three or four from each of those leagues are put in, and then you get the top like one or two from the other countries of Europe, like Turkish teams, uh, Ajax is from the Netherlands. So that's how they get all the groups from Champions League. It's pretty much be the best out of your league, and you'll make it to Champions League. And that's why everyone loves Champions League is because it's one big tournament of Europe's best teams. Yeah. Juventus right now, they're massive favorites in their upcoming Champions League game. I think I saw it was like minus 1,400 or something like that. No. They're playing one of those teams that is just not that good. Yeah, um, Ferenic Varos, who they just played uh, in their last group stage match and won 4-1. And I don't see it being really much of a difference there. Juventus is just the dominant Italian team. They've won the league, Serie A, I think the last seven years running. And then just this last season added Cristiano Ronaldo. So it's like they're poised to continue their dominance in Serie A and make deep runs in the Champions League. Yeah. Um, with that being said, uh, Ronaldo is supposed to be coming back from, uh, uh, I want to say, his corona nope. scare. Yeah, he had, he had COVID. COVID. Yes, he had COVID. But he should be back in the squad. I don't know if he'll be back by their – well, the next Champions League match is until the 24th. They do have a game against Lazio in the Serie A mm-hmm. this weekend. Not sure if he's back for that one yet. They haven't announced lineups yet. So, However, they, they need that win. Juventus is sitting third in the Serie A table right now. Wow. And like I said, they're coming off, I think it was six or seven straight years of winning it. So, yeah, you know, I'm looking for them to win again, especially when you have Ronaldo on your team. Yeah. Um, now they play the Champions League at the same time they play their their other league tables. Is that what you said? Yeah. So, um, pretty much when there's Champions League, the Champions League games are like Tuesday and Wednesdays of the week, and gotcha. leagues really don't have that. I mean, you'll catch an occasional game on a Wednesday or something like that, but when it's Champions League time, and especially with this crazy year of Corona, they've been trying to get in as many games as they can so they can get to the Champions League final as as smoothly as possible. So normally, though, it's it's really easy. You'll have, you know, teams – there's international breaks for international play, and then there's teams that – it's not necessarily considered a break. It's just another game in the schedule is Champions League games. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. Well, that's all really good insight. You know, I've always, you know, wondered how – they worked all that in and, you know, I, I understood, you know, for the most part what Champions League was. Um, I know about, you know, like the league demotions and how you can move up and down within uh, the divisions of the league, I guess. But um, again, um, very much appreciative of that insight and information. Um, you said you placed one college football bet offline this weekend, correct? I, I did. My one um, official college football play is <clears throat> Ohio State minus 38 against Rutgers. Now, I know I'm from Ohio, from the Dayton area, but I'm going to be the first to tell you I am not an Ohio State Buckeye fan. I actually love to laugh at Ohio State fans when they lose. However, I still understand Ohio State's dominant team. They're one of the best teams in the nation. Going into that Penn State game, I stayed away from it just because I was like, I don't know, man, like Penn State – might, you know, do it. They just had that crazy upset to Indiana. They they might show what they're made of against Ohio State, and then they just got dominated. They just got steamrolled. So they're playing Rutgers, and once again, I'm, I'll am i be the first to tell you, not, not the most knowledgeable in college football, but I know that Ohio State is one of those on-another-level teams. 
Right. They are. They're in a platform of their own uh, with maybe, you know, I would say, throw Alabama up there. Um, I wouldn't throw anyone from the Big 12 with them. So, I mean, ACC, obviously, Clemson. Um, but, you know, honestly, my four is going to be, uh, you know, once things get rolling because, you know, the Big Ten just started back. But I think for me, number three or four is going to be Ohio State. I like Bama at two. Uh, Georgia or Clemson at one, just depending on how the um, SEC plays out. Right. Um, and then number four uh, could possibly be Georgia as well. Um, so that's kind of how I see it. I would like to see a surprise team because it's 2020 and things are crazy. BYU's doing some ridiculous stuff, and they got a big game tonight against BYU. Um, Miami has a chance to run the table all the way um, through the rest of their ACC schedule. They're 5-1 and one and ranked number 11 right now. They, their only loss was to Clemson, so they would have to get to the ACC championship and beat Clemson again, or beat Clemson, not lose to them again. But while I am talking about the Hurricanes, I want to talk about their game tonight, and that's at NC State. Um, they're um, favored by double digits and uh, going on the road to take on NC State. But NC State's down their main starting quarterback they started the season with. They've been trying to integrate two different guys in, and it's not been going too, too well. Uh, ben Finley. Um, freshman, and then there's another kid I can't remember the name of, but right now they're 10 and a half point favorites, opened at eight and a half, over under at 59. And so, the way I'm breaking this game down, I'm looking at it in two pretty major scopes. And one scope is that the Miami team on the offensive side of the ball is getting a huge piece and a huge cog into their machine back, and that's Bre- uh, Brevin Jordan. He's a tight end, real athletic, he's a really great run blocker. And um, that's key because the Canes rank high in run play explosiveness, meaning they get into the secondary levels of the defense more times than not. And uh, they break a lot of tackles, force a lot of missed tackles. And then he's also De'Eric Kings, which is the, you know, he, if he can do well, he's still a Heisman dark horse. Uh, he transferred from Houston last year, obviously, but um, he's one of his favorite, or he's his go-to third down target, and he helps finish drives uh, deep in enemy territory. And you saw that last week against Virginia. They only put uh, 19 points up. They had drives sputter once they got past the uh, opponent 40. Um, they came up with empty possessions, and that didn't really happen when he was in the lineup at all. So, And then also NC State ranks 84th in stopping drives on defense, and they are the third-worst-ranked team in missed tackles. I talked about the run play explosiveness. I think the running backs are going to gash and get into the linebackers. The linebackers for NC State, for the Wolfpack, are the weakest points as far as missing tackles. They have two guys that are one of the – or two of the worst um, in the country with the most missed tackles, and I think they lead the ACC – um, and missed tackles. Um, so yeah, look for that Miami run game to get going and ignite the offense early. And then I think the uh, Canes just got to avoid getting stuff at the line and letting their quarterback get sacked because NC State can um, get to the quarterback with experienced defensive linemen. And uh, they also uh, win some yards on defense. You know, they're not absolutely terrible at everything, which no team is. But my bet, I'm going to roll with Miami minus six in the first half. And then I like their team total over of 16 and a half in the first half. 
Uh, NC State just allowed, uh, I think it was about 24 points last game in the first half. And, uh, you know, Miami getting that huge piece back in Brevin Jordan is going to be what gets them humming early, I think. Um, as far as the full game spread or total, no true opinion. I also would lean over 30 or 30 and a half in the first half for the total. Um, yeah, sorry, I got I got a little long-winded there, Troy. Um, <laughs> no, you're good. I was just, you know, reading verbatim my notes I read earlier or wrote earlier. Um, you know, so I, I'm not going to commandeer the show too much with college football because we wanted to bring a different element to the show with the um, – the football. football. So, um, but I want to talk real briefly about one more game and then we can kind of tie this all together and um, just, you know, roll this thing out here and um, whatever you have to say um, to top it all off with, we can uh, do that. How's that sound? That's, that's good. Love Perfect. it. Um, so real briefly, you know, this game is not that important, but um, it's the South Florida Bulls on the road at Memphis. Memphis is coming off a couple of shellackings uh, within the conference. And they, you know, just a few weeks ago, they were in that shootout with um, Central Florida, the 50 to 49 shootout. And so they are going to be playing, um, uh, like I said, USF. They're going to be at home. And they are going to have a chance for redemption. They're 18-point favorites, but that's not what I'm looking at. I'm looking at shrinking this down to uh, a first-half bet. And they are uh, 10-point favorites in the first half. Um, With that being said, I really, really like the team total over 21.5 also. I think that is um, a really nice bargain. It's still at minus 115, so not too much juice. But South Florida is allowing nearly 24 points in the first half per game this season. And then, you know, now Memphis, they do allow 20 points per game themselves in the first half, but that is a bit inflated because of that 50 to 49 shootout I spoke of with Central Florida. And then Cincinnati, who, you know, is probably going to win this conference and their top 10 ranking, um, phenomenal defense. They, they're they actually my dark horse to get into the playoff, uh, Cincinnati. Cincinnati or BYU? Um if BYU beats Boise State tonight, because this is their last challenge, really. Um, Cincinnati, like I said, hung 21 in the first half. And then uh, that SMU potent offense with Shane Bouchel, uh, the former Texas quarterback, you know, they hung 24 on them, which they do just about every week against whoever they play. Um, Memphis has a really uh, good opportunity to get right against South Florida here because the, the talent and the health – disparity difference is very much so in the favor of Memphis. They're a better coach team. They, they have a guy, um, I, I think it's Silverberg is his last name, but he came from, I believe, Appalachian State. You know, he's a, he's a smaller school coach. He's still getting his feathers ruffled a little bit in the big time coaching. And so I think, you know, it, it's going to prevail a little bit here. USF has, I think, about 20 guys on the injury report. It's ridiculous. So, yeah, I look for Memphis to roll in the first half easily. I think minus 10 is a good spot. Um, if you find it lower, great. Um, and then over 21 and a half, because I think they could probably score a good 24 or 27. So 27-10 first half is kind of what I'm looking at. It's going to be crazy. But, um, all right. I got now a question I'm, for you. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. I didn't want to go too far off topic, but this is NFL related. Sure. 
So the Ravens opened up, I think opened at minus three, maybe even two and a half. The Ravens right now are only one and a half point favorites against the Colts. I myself am an Indianapolis Colts fan. And I just got to say, why is the spread this close? I mean, I know the Colts are five and one or something like that, five and two, but they, uh, I think they're overvalued, honestly. I mean, they have a great defense, but Phillip Rivers has been, you don't know what Phillip Rivers you're going to get, you know, this season. And so I'm wondering, especially after they just had that tight game against the Steelers last week at home, is there something I'm missing to where the Ravens are only one and a half point favorites or am I just looking too far into it? No, no, no. It's a great, great question, but here's the thing. Um, They just had some major, major, major guys who at this point are technically not able to play because of COVID. Uh. Um, Major guys on defense like Marlon Humphrey and um, a few other guys here. I'm pulling it up right now. But, yeah, no, it was – I believe it was Tuesday, right around the trade deadline too. Um, So it kind of got lost in the sauce. But um, the – yeah, Baltimore facility, you know, they had to send a lot of guys home. They had to – you know, separate the groups. Um, uh, like I said, Marlon Humphrey, uh, injury report. Here we go. Uh, Patrick Queen, the phenomenal um, rookie uh, linebacker. Matthew Judon, their uh, main, uh, you know, hybrid pass rusher. Uh, he plays a little uh, in the center also. Tyus Bowser, another great linebacker. Malik Harrison, Deshaun Elliott, LJ Fort. Um, you know, and then on top of that, Mark Ingram's still out. I mentioned Marlon Humphrey. Um, so, yeah, I think that's what, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven defensive starters or key pieces. Um, so I think that's probably why. And I think this is a great spot to get the Ravens because all these players have to do is pass a certain number of tests a certain number of days in a row and be smart and play. And with a hardball coach, I think that that's probably going to be the end result for this. And um, look for these guys to be in and then look for it on Sunday to inflate back up to two and a half, three. So. Okay. Yeah. See, because I was wondering, I kept seeing it creep down and I was like, you know, it's got to be, there's got to be some reason because like I said, I think the Colts are overvalued and this is coming from a Colts fan. Um, I, I mean, they'll probably win the AFC South, but that's not really saying much. It's not like they have a lot of competition out there. So, you know, it, it's going to be interesting as the season goes on. Like I said, one one week you're getting Phillip Rivers, who's going like 20 for 30, a couple hundred yards and a touchdown. The other, next week you're getting like not great, you know, a couple picks. It's just he's so inconsistent. And that's just my gripe as a Colts fan. I knew as soon as we signed him, I was like, we're going to be – down five, no timeouts, length of the field every single week. And the first two or three weeks, it was exactly that. Yeah. Um, And here's the thing. Um, Another thing that might have shifted, I forgot T.Y. Hilton. uh, He he is – He's out. He's for sure probably going to be out. That didn't make sense for sure probably. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) No, yeah, but he he got hurt in the uh, second quarter last week. And so that's our best offensive player and the, the deep ball threat. So it'll be interesting to see how the Colts, you know, respond to not having T.Y. out there. Um, I mean, it's not like Phillip Rivers threw it to him a lot because he just doesn't get That's, the ball like yeah. vertically the way he used to. Um, not very accurately, at least. But just T.Y. Hilton's usage this year, just, you know, kind of another tangent, speaking on a fantasy football side of things. I mean, it's just kind of, you know, where's it at? You know, like what, why they're not even using them. They're not moving them around. They're not trying anything. They're, um, 
just kind of having them run down the field. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't get it. You know, when Andrew Luck was out there, it's like they almost had – teams had to double T.Y. Hilton because he could right. break free downfield, and then there's a 60-yard touchdown you're letting up. But it seems like teams know that that's not happening. I mean, everyone knows it's not really happening with Phillip Rivers. If he throws a 60-yard touchdown pass this season – I don't know. He might be – I might have to buy a Phillip Rivers jersey or something. Yeah. I'm not sure if he has any this year or not. Uh, It seems like the tight ends have been really integral, getting it to the backs, out of the backfield. Obviously, Jonathan Taylor's a nice multi-purpose back. And then Jordan Wilkins is actually getting some run time. I picked him up on waivers this week just to kind of see where it goes. Um, But, yeah, I mean, it's – since you went over to the NFL side, I'll just kind of throw another one out there that I've been eyeballing. Um, But before I do, let me go ahead and wrap it all up together and uh, mention mybookie.ag, the other show's sponsor, and that is going to be a great site to go to and use promo code HOOPBALL, H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L, and uh, get a free um, $10 futures bet and a 100% initial deposit bonus. So, yeah, mybookie.ag, bet, win, get paid. And um, another game I was looking at, uh, staying in that division, and I thought this is what was going to happen with the line, so I went ahead and grabbed the six and a half. But that's Houston on the road at Jacksonville. Um, You still got Deshaun Watson. I mean, he's still a great player. Uh, You still got some playmakers. Will Fuller didn't get traded. There was talks that he was going to go out to Green Bay, um, and then they didn't agreed to the decision in Wisconsin. And then, you know, it's gone back up to seven. It opened at seven. But, you know, Zach Cunningham, J.J. Watt on the defensive side of things, you know, this is a one and six team facing another one and six team. And the one and six team with the players I've mentioned is a lot better than the other one and six team. <laughs> um, Jake Lutton might be starting. He, he is. He, he is. is. They confirmed it. Okay. Yes. So okay. that's a that's a rookie starter Which, facing JJ Watt in his first game. Yeah. <laughs> Poor with guy. A, with the offensive line that's poorly rated. So, yeah. Um speaking of which, I'm gonna pull the injury uh, report up on that. it's I just like looking at it just to know. Um and then like I said, the rookie, I love Jake Glutton, another small school guy. Um you know how I feel about those, but I like the fact that the pieces around uh, Deshaun Watson stayed before the trade deadline and after. They're going to get Jordan Aikens back, who's an underrated tight end piece for them. I mean, they're getting a lot of guys that were on the injury report back. Um, so keep an eye on that. And then Jacksonville, um, they're going to be down a couple guys. Um, D.D. Westbrook, uh, secretly, you know, he's just he's on the IR. Um, don't think a lot of people really um, remembered that. They're going to be down some uh, defensive backs. We already talked about the quarterback situation. Miles Jack is questionable. Tyler Eifert, of course, he's questionable. He's never not. <laughs> um, and then, um, you know, like this coach, I don't know much about him for Houston, but, I mean, he's, you know, coaching for his job, you know. so He's not Bill O'Brien. He's so. not Bill O'Brien, which I, I – that's an upgrade. Yeah, exactly. And look at the schedule that Houston just went through. I'll, I'll, I'll read it off. Um, so they, in October, played Green Bay, Tennessee. Um, they did play Jacksonville, and they won 30-14. to 14. Um, And then they went ahead and played Minnesota, when Minnesota kind of started figuring things out for a couple games. So they had a pretty tough run of it, and um, 
you know, they, uh, I think they get a pretty easy spot here. Obviously, the previous matchup, they took care of business, and that was with Jacksonville being more healthy than what they are now. Yeah, and that's Houston's Bill only win. And Bill O'Brien. Yeah, exactly. You know, so they no had Bill to start O'Brien. the year against the Ravens and the Chiefs, so Houston got uh, really hurt there with their schedule and with Bill O'Brien. But now that Bill O'Brien's gone, you know, they have to play the Titans again. They're going to have to play the Colts again. They but, also played Pittsburgh. I mean, they've yeah. tough, tough teams. And they, they only played seven to Pittsburgh. Yeah, so this is kind of where their schedule starts to, you know, easy out. Unfortunately, this is their last time against Jacksonville. <laughs> but even then, it's a divisional game. And with the AFC South, like, like I said, the Colts are more than likely going to win. But when it's a divisional game – against teams like I'm not very confident in, they're, they're always close. It seems the AFC South just always has these games that somehow are close. Yeah. The only thing that Jacksonville is going to be able to do, and I like it because James Robinson's on my fantasy team, um, is they're going to just have to use him. Um, so hopefully he stays healthy the whole way through. And um, I like the kid. He's from Illinois State, another small school back. And, uh, yeah, really, really exciting. Um so it would be cool to see him actually flourish. Um, but all right. So that was pretty much the one magnified matchup I had for the NFL, just because I haven't spent a ton of time digging into it quite yet. Another matchup I was trying to figure out was the chiefs and the Panthers, but that'll be for another day. Uh, did you have any other, um, soccer or football or, um, other, other, you know, things that you're looking out for this weekend? Uh, so I'm, I'm looking out for the line it's in champions league just to get back to the soccer Bayern Munich plays Salzburg and the, um, so they played Salzburg in their last champions league match is another Bundesliga team. And it was one, one in the 70th minute. And then the game finished, I think six, one or six, two Bayern Munich just turned it on in the last 15 minutes. So the line opened at them at a two and a half. And let me see. Last I checked, it was still two and a half. Yeah, it's two and a half at plus 104 odds. Last I checked, it was plus 106. So it's creeping more towards even money. Now, that's still banking on them to win by three goals again. I I don't know. That's a tall task. But if there's a team that can do it, it's a team that's Bayern Munich that hasn't lost a Champions League game in 18 – their last 18 games. I mean, we're talking 18 straight wins, not like draws or anything, straight wins. Wow. So dominating. Yeah, they've been dominating. They dominated Champions League last year, made a lot of money for me and others who were riding with them. And this year they they don't look to really be slowing down. I mean, they had a couple shaky performances, one out in Russia against Locomotive, but you know, Locomotive beat Atalanta or Atletico Madrid in a home game, I'm pretty sure. I forget who it was, but there was another team like Locomotive Moscow when they're in Russia, it's a tough game for everyone. So that's really the only game I saw Baron struggle. Other than that, I mean, when I when I was watching this game, I was like, "Why? How is it still one-one? Like, Baron Munich just didn't look like themselves." And then they flipped the switch, dropped four goals in the last 10, 15 minutes, which is yeah. just unheard of. So, I'm looking at Baron Munich. Like I said, those odds are pulling back towards even money. I haven't pulled the trigger yet to make it an official play, but I am definitely eyeing that and seeing. I'm I'm gonna hop on it before it goes too far onto the uh, opposite side of the odds. And um, when was that game again? I'm sorry. 
Oh, uh, the yeah. So that's gonna be that's not for another couple weeks. The twenty fifth. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, Champions League. There's no more Champions League until the twenty fourth and twenty fifth of this month. Okay. Okay. But I'm just looking, you know, looking ahead. My bookie's got the lines up, so. Oh, perfect. You know, doing doing some research Good here and them. there about it. Yeah. So Bayern Munich again, dominant team, won eighteen straight games. It's just, will they win by three or four again? That's the question. I think they will, but, you know, anything can happen in the next two weeks. Right, right. Well, hey, I got some stuff written down and stuff to keep my eyes out on, thanks to you. Um, Hopefully the listeners do the same. Um, But if they didn't, they can always see you talking about this stuff on Twitter, and that is – I'm going to let you handle it again, but I'm (laughs) going to get it down one day. Yeah, at Dwayne underscore The Rock J. Dwayne The Rock Johnson, The Rock, baby. Yeah, yeah, the world's greatest person. Yeah, so that's – you can find me on Twitter talking about that. I'm I'm always trying to, you know, at you guys and all my soccer analysis so we can spread it to the people. Yeah, and we will indeed. Um, There's worse things that we could spread. (laughs) On that that note, um, again, the show was a – sponsored by presentation by uh, manscaped.com and mybookie.ag. Don't forget those promo codes, hoopball20 for manscaped and then hoopball for uh, mybookie.ag. Don't forget about the stuff also that we're going to be rolling out Monday. Um, Keep your eyes and ears peeped for that. It's going to be really neat and interesting. Um, Keep your eyes open for Troy's plays And we got some really fun stuff rolling into this weekend and for the next couple of weeks, months, and then from here on out, I think. So um, make sure to stay tuned for that. With that, I bid you adieu. And I am sending you all my good vibes, all of my good energies. And you have a wonderful Friday. Um, And then you also have a wonderful weekend. Thanks again. And Troy, thanks again to you. Um, Hey, thanks for having me. We'll be back soon. Absolutely. Awesome. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.